Hello, Real Talk listeners. Welcome back to our series, The Best Of and The Worst Of. And we're going to continue our series with the best and worst bosses that we've had and that we've heard of other people having. I think this one's a good one, really, Michelle, because we've all had a people leader, even if we don't think it's the worst people leader or the best people leader to someone else. It's someone that we personally have acknowledged to be the best or the worst um, for different reasons. And it's interesting because that is so true. I think there are bosses out there that you personally enjoy a lot, but literally your coworker absolutely dreads working for them. So it's super interesting because this is all based on perception. However, each person's perception is based on some qualities or, or qualities or characteristics that they hold. Michelle, tell our listeners a little bit about a boss that you've worked with, whether it's a best or or worst that you want to kick it off with. If I were to go best boss ever, best boss ever. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually going to give this to her through name. I know that we usually protect the names of the guilty and the innocent, but I want to give this to her. I would say Tara. So... There are a couple things I really appreciated about Tara. One was her ability to do her job. Like she was just great at what she did. She was also one of the first leaders that helped me to understand that you can be direct with someone and not be a jerk. In fact, I never saw her have a not direct conversation ever but she was never a jerk. She never had to apologize for the things she said. She used a lot of humor when she was doing it. I actually remember one particular conversation where a group of leaders within the organization wanted the technology to do something that it couldn't. Specifically, they wanted it to auto set up appointments in the time zone that the people were in and it just couldn't do that. And so she listened to him, she acknowledged him, she respected what she was saying, what they were saying. And she, um, she told him, you know, that the technology just didn't have the ability to do that. And then she paused and she said, listen, I know it's really hard to count to four because, you know, if you go east to west, it's a difference. If you're like, it's four, right? She goes, I know it's really hard to count to four, but I'm sure we can teach them. And just in a split second, like when she was saying it, my eyes and my peers' eyes got so big and we're like, what the fuck? Did you just (laughs) insult the whole world? And then all of a sudden the room just burst out into laughter and they're like, you're right. You're right. We just need to tell them to count the clock. (laughs) <laughs> like, yes, that's what you need to do. If it's one o'clock here, it's not one o'clock there. So for me, that was one of them. You mentioned this in our last series. You talked about a leader that shared extra so that you guys were all informed. Tara did that for us as well. So she wanted to make sure we knew the story, the backstory, and the potential backstory. Because she felt like the more information we had, the better we could do our jobs, which completely agree with her. She was also incredibly encouraging. There have been a few people throughout my career who I can tell you 
were encouraging, even when they were giving constructive feedback or positive, you know, encouragement. And Tara was that person, whether she was telling you to stop doing something or to keep doing something, it always came across from a place of helping. And then I would say the last thing that just made her one of my favorite leaders ever was she got to know us. We cleared up our goals from the beginning and she would fight tooth and nail to defend us. But if she knew that we might do something, she was totally going to call us out. I remember a franchise business coach calling her and telling her that I said something inappropriate on a virtual class. And I don't remember exactly the context of it, but it was definitely something I would not have said to an attendee of one of our classes. Um, It was something like, you came in 10 minutes late, you got to get out. So there was this whole thing that I embarrassed her in the front of the class. And frankly, I'm too lazy to know when you came into class, so it wouldn't have happened. And and interestingly enough, that was, she was like, she was like, if that had been Desiree, she's like, I'd have had to go ask Desiree if she did it. But there was zero chance that you would have done that. And so she said, I'm just telling you in case he brings it to you specifically, that this is nothing. Um, and I've already called him out on it. So that was the other thing. Like she, she got to know us enough to know what we would and would not do. And she would defend us or correct us appropriately. Yeah, I think that's a good point you brought up because I think it is good to have a boss that's on your side and an ally and will protect you from other departments so that if something is going on, they will step up for you and defend the team. So that's important. I think I I agree with you. I think that's a good quality. And I've had that in kind of some of my my really good bosses that um, I've reported into. Transparency, obviously, was a good quality. I mentioned it on the last uh, episode, but I would say my favorite or I would say my the best boss that I worked for. And again, probably other people that worked for him wouldn't say they were the, you know, he was the best, but I personally thought he was the best because he just involved me in a lot of the pieces. He grew and developed me. He allowed me to grow into a whole other department so that I could cross-functionally grow in the organization and give me time to do that. He was kind of an advocate for me, even when I wasn't my own advocate. So like a lot of the times I'm a big workaholic. I have a lot of stuff, you know, that I try to get accomplished in a single day, which is nearly next to impossible. And sometimes I don't recognize, believe it or not, that there's like only 24 hours in a day. So I try to get a bunch of crap done. um, (laughs) That's me making fun of you. Not not sometimes, like most <laughs> most of the time. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, so there are times where he was legitimately telling me to take the day off or, you know, enjoy the rest of my day or don't answer, like don't be on call with the rest of the team members. So I thought like that was really important because he would step up and he realized that I literally worked myself a little bit too much, but it was good because obviously you don't want to mix business and pleasure, you know, and it's some, some things you're just like, it's nothing personal, but you have to get this done or whatever. But at times he realized and he had a lot of empathy 
And his, you know, emotional intelligence was really spot on when it came to his team. So I think that's that I would say that was probably my situation or my scenario with a really good boss in my in in a lot of my tenure. And I've had quite a few, but I would say he would probably be the one that stands out the most. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's almost hard to just say kind of that best boss, right? Because you can look at often you can look at even the bosses that you consider a bad boss and there are elements of those people that are good or even great, right? But there's something about them that overweighs it enough that it pushes them to kind of that other category. So for me with a boss, it is frustrating to have a micromanager. Now, you know what's interesting? I'm going to pause on this comment for a second. I promise we're not going to go into a leadership class right now. Okay, maybe we are, right? We, we might be. Okay, so here's what bothers me about that comment is leaders will often use micromanaging as an excuse or they'll use excuses for why they need to micromanage. There is a time and a place for intense control of details often referred to as micromanaging, right? If someone is doing something for the first time, if there is an emergency sort of intense situation, you might need to amp up that control. If there's a huge risk in things going wrong with that particular project or that particular situation, you might want to amp up that control. But what's what's interesting is When in those cases where it's someone doing a task for the first time or someone that's new or something that's really urgent or important, it doesn't feel like micromanaging in those moments. It feels like support. So if you provide extra details to a new employee, the new employee is grateful for that information. It's one of the reasons I hate the word micromanaging because it only applies when you're doing it wrong, but it also suggests that having intense control over details is bad. It's only bad in some situations, but a lot of leaders do that and leaders tend to have very common reasons for doing that. It also tends to be a mistake that new leaders make because often in companies, leaders were really good at that previous level. Because they were so good at that previous level, they got promoted. And now they don't know their job today. What they know is how to do their past job. And that's when they get all up in your business, right? Because they know your job inside and out. Another reason that people tend to do that is because they don't know. And so they feel like the more control they have, the more control they will have. Sometimes I feel like I talk in riddles. (laughs) So that's a big one. The other one that is really hard for me in particular, but I find that this is a common one for other people, is leaders without vision. Like if you can't tell me what the hell we're going for, then just, I'd rather you come to me. Like if you have no freaking clue what the the department or the company goal is, I'd rather you just come to me and say, okay, here's our goal. Make a whole lot of money and not get in any trouble legally. At least then I would know that I'm working for nothing but a 
paycheck. Mm-hmm. I can make a conscious decision on if that's the place I want to work. So for me, those are two of the things that it doesn't matter how many good things you do. If you do those two things wrong, I'm done. Wow. Tough crowd. <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring up vision because we're actually going to be talking in our next series next month about mission, vision, and values um, and really kind of drilling in on that. So that's a good teaser, Michelle. Um, but gosh, I think every boss I've had had some sort of not awesome quality about them in some sort of way, right? Like you mentioned, there's not everybody's perfect, but even some of the best or the worst boss you've had, you had some good qualities as well. So it's kind of a mix. Gosh, I'm just trying to think of like the top person. Cause I mean, I've had some bad ones. I had a boss who was literally critiquing all of my PowerPoints and would add two words at the end of a PowerPoint and (laughs) was so ridiculous. And she was just so particular about knowing every detail and reviewing every single thing when there were very minimal imperfections. That just drove me nuts because I'm one to just tell me where, again, your vision is or where you're trying to go, and then I'll execute and I'll still get to the end desired way, but maybe I might not take the same streets to get to the same location. Right. And so, yeah, that drove me a little nuts. It was hard working for her. I think I only last a couple of months working for her. It was really tough. It was, <laughs> I will say there was a ton of really good qualities about her, but there were things that just drove her nuts. Like, you know, if someone were to call a group of women in a meeting, like girls or ladies, she would expect them to say, like, we're all women. She had like these very particular like things that drove her nuts. So wow, she would correct people in the middle of their conversation, no matter at what level they were at. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like we are not ladies. We are women. <laughs> it's like, <okay>. What? <laughs> you know, it's just different mentalities. And then, you know, I would say another boss that it wasn't ideal. I think I've talked about him before in one of our podcasts. He literally would just repeat the same stories over and over and over about his time in Nam or wherever, you know, any stories like about how he was remodeling his place. And it's like you heard the same story over and over, which is great because you you knew everything was going on. But he also had tantrums. Um, so, you know, he would slam his hands on the keyboard. He would like message, instant message, like with all caps when he wanted something and he would just huff and puff. And it was like uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable working um, for that type of leadership style just because, you know, other it was interesting because other people could work really well with him. And for some odd reason, him and I just butt heads. It was like I was speaking a different language than he was. And I really tried my hardest. Like I understood and acknowledged that we spoke different languages in the work environment. But it was like super tough for me to try to figure out his language and learn his language. And I'm not quite sure he was quite interested in learning my language either. So that was probably also one of the worst bosses I've worked for just because 
It literally, that's all, that's the only way I could explain to anybody was that we were speaking two different languages. There was just nothing we could connect on. And that was, it was a really challenging time for me because it was the first time in my career that I ever experienced that type of leadership where I literally tried my hardest to learn that other language and I couldn't, and I just didn't know what I was doing wrong. So I was trying to figure it out. Nothing I did was ever right. So yeah, those are my, some of my experiences. That's so funny. So, you know, I usually, and in every business, I get a lot of grief for this comment, but so guys, please come to realtalent.com but know out of the gate that this is our opinion about leadership. Leadership is ultimately you as a people leader getting a group of people that report to you to do what you need them to do the way you need it done. And hopefully they like it in the process, right? And so as a result of that, there is no question, I hate the idea of leadership style Um, Because as a leader, you don't get to have a style. If you are not able to adapt your style to the people in your group, what you're going to end up is on somebody's bad boss list, right? You're going to end up there. And at the end of the day, this is why I say, I always say all roads lead to the leader. Your job as a leader is to get the people in your group to do what you need done. So there you go. Next thing though, like I want to reiterate, we've all been there. Guys, I'm completely transparent with you about mistakes that I've made. I've told you that I had someone uh, leave my team and I really felt like I did everything that I was supposed to in the beginning. So the fact that I lost this particular person, it was sort of devastating for me. But like we said, you, you will never be all of the right things to all of the people. And another example of that, and this one in particular, I'm going to use as an example of you've got to decide if it's a deal breaker or not, because sometimes you just need to suck it up. So a friend of mine, and she used to be my boss, her name is Bobby. And I decided it wasn't a deal breaker. She did this, this thing that drove me crazy. She thought out loud. Um, What I mean by that was she was an extrovert. And so we would be in team meetings trying to plan out for the next quarter. And she would, in her mind, be throwing out ideas, not directives, but they came out like they were directives. She'd be like, I think we should go to every single location in the markets that we support. And we should teach classes on how to appropriately set up the retail section of our locations. So let's go ahead and start doing that. And then that's how we can get the retail section under control. We heard that as a directive. And then planned our calendar based on that. And she was like, no, that's not what I meant. I was just thinking, you know what? We talk about it, right? And we say, here's what I'm going to do different because I know she's going to think out loud. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask, is this what you want us to do right now? Or I need to hear it. I actually made a rule in the very beginning. If I didn't hear the same thing three times, it wasn't a directive. It was just an idea, right? And so those were those places where there was that one piece that was like, are you kidding me? 
but it wasn't enough for me to say bad boss. It was just like one piece of it. So I think that when you are looking at your boss, you have to realize, go back to something that we said over and over again, leaders are basically humans that tried to figure it out based on how other people led them during their careers, right? So you've got to figure out how to have the conversation with them, got to be able to be transparent with them. And sometimes you just got to realize that that is the way they're going to behave or that is something they're not going to change. And you have to start making decisions on what is okay and what isn't okay. I'm going to go back to uh, Brene Brown, the way Brene Brown says it, right? Like the guy yelling at you, not okay. And so you can go, hey, it's totally okay. You're upset with this. Absolutely understand that this would frustrate you. It is not okay for you to yell at me. It's okay for you to say that and do that with your boss. But it's also okay for you to say, we have this one thing that we disagree upon or that I don't appreciate about them. It doesn't make them a bad boss. I agree. I think you're spot on with that. Nice. So um, we want to hear from you. These are the things that Maria and I look for in a leader. These are the things that we pray we don't have to deal with from a leader. But like we said earlier, each of you is different. One of the best ways for you to figure out the best boss for you to work for, especially if you're interviewing for new jobs, is to be able to articulate the things you like and don't like in a leader. So we will also be posting all this podcast on all of our social platforms. We are encouraging you to drop in a comment about the characteristics you appreciate most in a leader and what are some of the ones you would walk away from. It would definitely be a bad boss situation. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Can't wait to see you in our next podcast on best and worst where we will talk about companies till next time bye listeners bye guys